The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meat Hook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> As July begins to wind down, we are one month closer to October, and the Big Scary Show episode 294 continues to bring you all the latest news, information, and music you need as you kick things into high gear. After all, it's less than 100 days until Halloween. Storm is ranting about lighting accessories for your 12-foot skeleton in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim talks about the penalties for piracy in yet another installment of Between the Corpses. Badger reads the latest in Deadline News, and the old crone discusses beating the heat this time of year. We're also playing you some rockin' tunes to keep you going as we head into August. The Roundtable of Terror invites actor and director Douglas Tate to join us and talk about his 30-year career in the film industry. Who else do you know has appeared on screen as Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers? He's also been in Hellboy, Annabelle, Star Trek, and Star Wars franchises, and more. And as a bonus, he's a huge fan of haunted houses. So be sure to catch him and buy an autograph at a convention or haunted attraction this year. All this and much, much more on episode 294 of The Big Scary Show. We hid the body, but you'll become an accomplice just by listening to The Big Scary Show. And please stay hydrated. It's even too hot for my hellhounds. Hi, this is Douglas Tate from Hellboy, Annabelle Comes Home, Freddy vs. Jason, the Jackling Sasquatch. And you're listening to The Big Scary Show. <laughs> Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be 
the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> we are all neck deep in our haunt build. Unfortunately, we're also neck deep in a nationwide heat wave. But don't let your to-do list get ahead of common sense when it comes to working out in the heat. It's easy to want to make the most of your time with staff or volunteers to try to get as much done as possible. And sometimes taking a break seems like a waste of time and money. But trust me, the health of your staff and your own is more valuable than taking a 10 or 15 minute break to down some water and hopefully cool off. If you're an old swamp hag like me, the heat is not your friend. So frequent breaks are a must. We try to do as much work in the cooler parts of the day and schedule things that can be done in the air conditioning during the hottest. But just as a friendly reminder, here are some guidelines to avoid heat exhaustion and heat stroke. Number one, fluids. Water, Gatorade, Powerade, water. Did I mention water? Those are all great examples of things that will be very beneficial to you. Try to get your staff to avoid sodas and energy drinks, which actually can make dehydration worse. Number two, sun protection. If you can put up canopies or sunscreens in your work area, this could definitely help. Number three, sunscreen. While this may not seem like it's going to help keep you cooler, it does help prevent damage to your skin, which can affect body temperature. And you don't want your staff calling out the next day because they're fried like a hot dog. Number four, keep cool snacks available. Cold items like watermelon and grapes and popsicles are, are fabulous. Help beat the heat and provide a nice treat for your staff. Number five, consider adding a heat stress kit to your first aid inventory. These are available as a self-contained kit on Amazon or anywhere you can buy first aid kits. Or you can make your own. Inside you're gonna find chemically activated cold packs to place on the back of your neck, armpits and behind the knees, reusable forehead thermometer so you can double check your body heat, thermal blankets, hydration mixes, and guides for prevention and treatment of heat stress. And whenever in doubt of someone going into heat stroke or heat exhaustion, don't be afraid to hit 911. Like everything else haunt owners and managers have to do, a little bit of planning can lead to prevention and action should the need arise. Stay cool out there. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Mm, maybe this time stirring the cauldron could mean mixing up some homemade ice cream. Mm, that sounds pretty good. From the mists of infinity, they come, rising from the cold, damp earth to take what is now theirs. My God, the damn thing's moving! When the moon turns red, the dead shall rise and walk the earth. From the gates of hell, they have finally come. The gates of hell. No one under 17 admitted without parent or certified adult guardian. Ridden Coffins, Ridden Coffin Creek, on the Big Scary Show. Big Scary Show, Big Scary Show, Big Scary Show. I don't want to cast it, I don't want to. 
Level Creep. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hi, this is Kane Hodder. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. Keep listening or I'll fucking kill you. Hello everyone, this is Drew Badger and this is Deadline News for episode 294. And unfortunately, we're going to have to start off again with some sad news, this time from one of our own. This comes to us via Miller's Thrillers Haunted Woods in Columbia, Tennessee. We are shedding tears as we mourn the loss of a great man. Former crew member and actor Lorenzo Pollard passed away on July 28th from a heart attack at the too young age of 37. Owner David Miller states, I met Lorenzo Pollard in 2015 or 16 as he pulled up and wanted to join our crew. We loved that big smile right from the start. We quickly realized his passion for this industry. He had creativity and excitement for his characters and loved to entertain. He was one of the best. One of the hardest working guys I knew in all aspects of life. Hard work was instilled in him and his characters and his true character as a person. We cheered him on as he took his talents to the big city and began working with our friends in Nashville. I always cheered him on as a person and all he did, life ended too quick for Lorenzo Pollard. An incredible actor, entertainer, and person. We will miss you. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Lorenzo Pollard and the Miller's Thriller's Haunted Woods, and offers up this moment of silence. In some lighter news, we have this update from Fright Nights at the South Florida Fairgrounds in West Palm Beach. New actors, Fright Nights at the South Florida Fairgrounds. We have open training on August 5th from 1 to 4. Have you ever wanted to join Fright Nights and become one of our scare actors? Are you interested in what we do? Want to see if you have what it takes? Want a day of fun learning to be a scare actor? Fright Nights is holding its first ever open actor training where the Fright Nights actor trainers and staff will run you through various exercises used in training its haunt actors. You'll learn about movement and characterization for scaring people and get to meet the casting team. If you're interested in joining and don't know where to start, this is a must. Register to join the training by emailing alex at myfrightnights.com with the subject line open actor training. It's free, so the spaces will fill up fast. Come and have fun and dress to move. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash frightnightssff. We have this hiring news from the Wicked World Scaregrounds in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Do you get great joy when you scare a family member? 
When you watch TikToks of people getting startled, do you wish you were doing the spooking? Have you ever walked through a haunted house and thought, oh, I want to do this? Well, here's your chance. We're now taking applications for the upcoming haunt season. No experience necessary. You must be 16 years or older to apply, and parent or guardian signature is required if you're under 18. Go to their website, toscary.com. That's the number two, scary.com, to join their team. We have more hiring news, this time from the Haunted Farm in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Ever wanted to work at a haunted house? Want to join the Haunted Farm team? 2023 is going to be huge. We have This is our 13th year of terror, and we're hiring now for all positions. Actors, managers, makeup, technical, and more. Join our fun and spooky farm, fam. Get more information at nchauntedfarm.com. We have this from the Scream Dreams Haunted House in Thomasville, North Carolina. Currently, we are looking for dedicated individuals for internships, operations, and for our scare team. Internship positions are available now. Hiring for our operations and scare team members will begin in August, but we'll have several lunches, tours, and orientations throughout the year for people who sign up now. If you wish to be considered for any of these positions, please tell us why we should consider you over the other applicants. Get more information at ScreamDreams.com slash employment. We have a little convention news. This time an update from Days of the Dead coming to Los Angeles. Days of the Dead is pleased to announce the addition of actress Jenna Jameson to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Los Angeles happening August 25th through the 27th at the Hilton Los Angeles Airport. Arguably the world's most famous adult entertainer and performer, Jenna has appeared in Howard Stern's Private Parts, Sons of Anarchy, and with Robert England in Zombie Strippers, among many other roles. Get tickets and more information at daysofthedead.com. We have this from Fear Overload Screen Park in Newark, California. It's that time of year again. Come work with us here at Fear Overload Screen Park. We need scare actors, makeup artists, security, and support staff. Come audition with us on September 10th. The Fear is back for 2023. Get more information at fearoverload.com. And finally, we have this update from our friends at Midnight Syndicate. The Brimstone Club is legendary in clandestine circles. Its strange and exotic entertainment and libations are matched only by its peculiar clientele. Will you pass beyond the curtain to discover what sinister secrets may lie within? Our new album is coming August 18th. Please be sure to follow Midnight Syndicate on Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon, and or Apple Music to hear it as soon as it's released. Get more information at MidnightSyndicate.com Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs>
want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror, then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so Home Depot has done it. They've, they've broken the code, they've figured out how haunters work and uh, probably spells big trouble for all of us in both a good and a bad way. Good in, you know, creativity and doing stuff, and bad way in, you know, our funds, wallets, and pocketbooks. Yeah, now, Home, che- Home Depot, or as I like to call it, Home Cheapo, has uh, gotten huge Halloween, you know, madness and, and recognition over the past few years with the 12-foot skeletons, which have also led to other 12-foot, you know, awesome props and everything. And um, they've been doing it right. They've been, you know, keep rolling out the skeletons. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty neat. They, they, they do enough. They have the, the creepy eyes that move around and everything. But they, they figured it out. They figured out that when a haunter buys a prop, they don't expect it to be finished. They, there's something else that needs to be done with it. So now, what do they have for these 12-foot skeletons? They have another light kit for the 12-foot skeletons. That's right, this is a specially built light kit. They run about $30 this year. It goes into the chest of the skeleton, like goes right behind the uh, breastbone there, and lights up the rib cage, neck, collarbone uh, in one of five different LED lights. And it uh, taps right into the existing power supply and uh, power setup that the 12-foot skeletons currently have. So, I mean, awesome! Something else to add to it, a real easy light thing. You know, I'm sure haunters figure it out and do it, but boom, this is 30 bucks, pop, 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 and you got a whole new aspect to the prop. The, the Home Cheapo has figured it out, and if they've broken the code on this, God knows what else they're going to be rolling out with within the next few years. You know, it's probably no real guess that this is just the chest piece that lights up. If they want the arms or other things to go, I, I'm sure we'll start seeing those products in the future. So Home Cheapo has actually broken the code. They figure out haunters. We're going to want stuff to add to our awesome props and still give us the ability to customize it and make it our own, but without absolutely going crazy and doing wiring and everything. You know, and what's next? Sound and and just add-ons. So unfortunately, Halloween props might be going the way of um, video games where you don't actually buy the whole thing. There'll be some sort of other content you'll purchase 
and we're going to be happy about it. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Ladies and gentlemen, you know that music does mean once again it is time for the Round Table of Terror, sponsored very proudly by our very good friends at HauntPay. HauntPay.com, if you need virtual queue lines, if you need time ticketing, anything like that, go visit Alex and his fine staff, and they will hook you right up. But ladies and gentlemen, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of shows ago, we did a Round Table on Retro Haunts. I'll tell you what, that was a fun conversation. If you didn't hear it, go back a couple of shows and listen. We had haunts from New York and Tennessee and California. And about a week after that show aired, I get an email from somebody saying, hey, heard about your show on Retro Haunts. I would certainly be interested in learning more. And by the way, my name is... Douglas Tate, the rather well-known actor and director, who just happens to be with us as a very special guest today because he has agreed to come on and do this podcast. Who is Douglas Tate, you may ask? Well, you know, he's done some 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 films out there. Let's see. He he's done Freddy versus Jason, he's done Hellboy, he's done Annabelle Comes Home. He's worked with not only the Star Trek, but the Star Wars universes in different roles and he does a little bit of directing he does a lot of acting and apparently he does podcasts so we were very lucky and very honored to have mr douglas tate with us from his abode in southern california douglas mr tate how are you doing sir i'm doing great thanks for having me on (laughs) Uh, how, how should we address you is it mr tate is it douglas is it doug uh, uh, Doug, that's the friend, the friend way to do it. Let's let's do it that way. We're now friends. Oh, my that's goodness. That's right. <laughs> it, it's an honor to have you on the show, as well as our regular hosts, including up in Rhode Island. We have Storm. Greetings. I, I actually emerged from the pool to join a conversation. I'm trying to make up for last year, so. Enjoy that pool, man. It's it's hot. <laughs> 
Down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. Well, you know, I got to say, when you mentioned Star Wars, my ears perked up, so I'm excited. They they are kind of pointy. Over yeah, in fa- in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Trek. <laughs> oh, that's true. There were some there were some Star Wars creatures with pointy ears. Damn it! In Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have the old crone, aka Jana. Hello, I am so excited to meet you, Doug. Nice to meet you. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's hot, it's humid, so why not drink a cup of hot tea and have a nice, cool conversation with Douglas Tate? Douglas, or Doug, thank you again for coming on the show and want to just ask you, you know, as we, we ask all the actors that we see at conventions and interviewing things, how did you get started in this? Were you, you know, a, a theater major? Did you do plays in school? Did you do summer stock kind of stuff? How did you get started in this wacky, crazy world of acting? Well, I started uh, making movies as a kid, and this was analog, uh, VHS, um, tape, editing, which is very difficult to do so they're very crude and very bad but it was something i was doing for fun and um a lot of them were horror related uh scary ones uh haunted house one because i've always been a huge haunted house fan so it's a perfect place for me to be and then when i was about 12 years old i saw frankenstein at universal studios in hollywood and he was entertaining the crowd scaring people making them laugh and i was already tall at that point i was a basketball player and i said when i turn 16 i'm getting a job at universal and i'm playing frankenstein and that's what i did i got a job when i was 16 played frankenstein played phantom of the opera uh uh the wolfman Tons of characters like Harry and the Hendersons did a bunch of shows, Marvel Heroes show. And that was basically my training ground um, while um, I started pursuing acting. That was that was the start. Now, now was Frankenstein a, a very verbal character or was he just kind of the kind of he's thing the we all see from yeah, the movies? Just, <laughs> he's just the and it was it was basically just in the theme park. So it was walking around, but you're still entertaining. But that kind of started not only my acting, but my acting behind prosthetics and masks and makeup um, and being a, a lifelong haunt and Halloween fan. It kind of felt very natural um, to do that. There was no, you know, I felt like I just slipped right into it and, and got it right away. And, and, um, and uh, you know, it was a great training ground. Well, I can only imagine, you know, you, most of us start out at haunted houses doing drop panels and things like that. And here you yes. are, Frankenstein, the Wolfman and the Phantom, yes. a universal of all places, as opposed to, you know, Bob's Haunted Trail. Yeah. So and and I did the haunted houses there. I did some of the first haunted houses that they had at Universal Horror Nights. So back when they had first started it. So I, I got my training ground very, you know, well done. Um, you know, a lot of money put into it haunts. So I did, I did both, which was really cool. Were you able to make connections with like the people who did the makeup and the prosthetics and those people who may have worked at studios and that's how you kind of transitioned into TV? Totally. Film work? Exactly what happened is there was people working there. 
that may not have been the big wigs, but actually working in the business. And I was so excited to be in a makeup. I was so thrilled that I made friends with some of them and they, you know, one of them, Mike McGee, uh, had a shop and said, Hey, yeah. I said, Hey, if you ever have anything, he said, yeah, come by. I want to do a head cast. I got this thing I'm doing. And then I did that. And that led to these little things that I was doing and, um, but it absolutely kind of opened a, a door into those things in, in a very small in indie way, um, but definitely something. Very nice. You you, yeah. you got to love the fact that you've 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 come this way honest. You know, you were <laughs> yeah. making films as a kid, which is which still fascinates me. You know, one of the things I do when I train is I talk about you know eras of haunting, and back in the '60s when you could buy a Super 8 camera for pretty reasonable price people were shooting their own films that's how spielberg got started and, and other people but it seems that so many people started with horror movies because it was yeah. so easy you get some blood some ketchup some chocolate sauce bingo somebody holding a knife boom you've got you know guy running through the woods with a knife and killing people yeah. you know you, you didn't see a lot of 15 year olds making romantic comedies on super eight no. movies back no. then it was it was all scary stuff so yeah and one of the ones i posted last year on halloween because i just thought it was it was cool it was a halloween fan film now it's crude and it's obviously outdated but i thought wow i i did this as a fan of the halloween movies and for doing it if people don't know what editing with vhs tapes it's not what we have today with final cut pro where you got all these tools and stuff so you literally are doing it syncing it in the moment trying to add sounds and things it's very difficult um but it just showed that i had uh, the mind and sense to to try it at that time um so yeah. At some point, I would love to see like a release, a box set of all those early films, if they still exist, transferred to Blu-ray or something. Well, you could see that Halloween fan one. It's on my Facebook and my Instagram right now. <laughs> Jim, I know you did a um, a little indie film about what, three or four years ago? Well, it's been a little longer than that. <laughs> Has it? God, time flies. Which one are you talking about? The one with the the guy walking through the woods in the white shirt and the preacher man type situation. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, are you talking about that that uh, <laughs> film I did for since for the Cincinnati Film Fest? Might have been. Um, with uh, yeah, I was. Um, we had a uh, a film fest a few years back, and uh, it was I can't remember the title of it right now. I know I've got it on my hard drive someplace, but. Uh, I was just a, a protagonist. I never got killed, but the killer killed just about everybody else. I'm sure you wrote that into your contract. <laughs> That's exactly. And, right. and I and I know Storm had a um, had a walk on part in um, Underdog of all things, which is kind of cool. a, a blink if you miss it background actor. But yeah. <laughs> Hey, I, I did that in Eddie and Bull Durham. Thank you very nice. I mean, nice. Un, uncredited extra sitting in the stands. You can't make me out even if you zoom in real close. So, and well, and I, I don't. I, know have, I have a couple of those in my past too. Like in in with the Universal, I was doing extra work uh, there. I was an extra in the first Blade movie. You can see me in the Bloodbath. You can see me in Ed Wood. Um, so I have my fair share of some uh, some extra work in movies. <laughs> Very nice. Jonna, have you done Which, anything like that? I have never got to be on film. 
Um, oh. I've done stage acting and improv acting and on acting and everything, but nothing on film. Hmm. So we'll have to change that at some point. I would love that. There is another film I was in um, back in 2015, and it was called Revelation Trail, which is zombies in the Old West. And I played one of the zombies. I'm the only zombie that survived because they didn't shoot me in the head. They shot me in the shoulder. Huh. I remember you talking about that. I don't think I've seen that one. It's... uh, you can probably find it in your dollar ninety nine bin at Dollar General <laughs> now, but <laughs> it was fun. Sure. So, Doug, so let how- me ask you: If this was since you you started out a Halloween fan and monsters and all of that, is that why you choose some of the roles that you choose? Is that just what you enjoy, or do you want to be the romantic leading man or the guy jumping out of an airplane to save the president or something? Well, I I do love to play monsters because I'm a huge Halloween fan. But I also in the last several years, I you know, when I first started, I was pursuing regular acting and having this side job doing monsters. So it was mainly a career that I thought I was going to do was regular acting roles. And they kind of turned into that. And it's not really something you choose. It kind of chooses you, your path you take. So now I'm consciously trying to do more roles out of makeup because I've been acting and training and acting for so many years that people forget that even when I'm in a monster, I'm acting, I'm bringing that character to life as an actor. Um, Yes, I'm physical and there's other things that go into it. So I want to do both, but I want, I've been focusing more on the directing and doing more stuff out of makeup. So people go, Oh, wow. He is actually a good actor. I recently did this uh, film called Never Hike Alone 2, and it's a it's a it's a fan film of Friday the 13th done by a professional filmmaker. He already has Never Hike Alone out there. Fans love it. This is the second one on. It's very well done. Very well done. It has original actors from Friday the 13th. So I'm doing more of those things where I'm showing myself, you know. Oh, nice. I had an interview recently with Felissa Rose and I asked the question. She she's a lovely lady and uh, she's amazing. She, she she talks a lot about working with the same actors in film after film after film. Are are you in a circle like that where you're starting to work with the same people over and over again or are you still constantly working with new people? It's always new people. And I know what she's talking about. She's uh, a lot of the, a lot of people that are doing these horrors, they cast um, a lot of the same people like Bill Mosley, you know, Felissa's a part of it, Tony Todd, great actors. And they're so well known in their field that they just get all these offers. So it brings a lot of those same people together um, because it gives your movie a lot of value having such great talent, but also known for that type of, movie so i get it you know um but i haven't i haven't really done that much i've I've gone everywhere i'm i'm doing so much different stuff and it's not just horror either it's sci-fi it's comedy and you know whatever it is um i bounce around sure i i find it really cool that you have worked with star trek and Star Wars universes. You were yes. in The Mandalorian and you were in Zarathusa. Is it called The Adventure Begins? Zathura. I think. You're talking Zarathura. about Zathura. 
Yeah. Yes. That was John Favreau's first like um pretty big budget movie um that he did and it still holds up. It's amazing. He's such a good filmmaker. And uh, and the reason why he's he's so good and his films hold up is that he he's uh, he's a practical effects guy. He he tries to do everything practical. And if he can't do it, he'll add a little CGI in. But the look of, of his films hold up just like an elf. Everything was perspective and, you know, um, miniatures and things. Um, and Zathura was all practical effects done by Stan Winston Studios. And it was, it was amazing, the Zorgon that I played in that. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, you did? You played Zorgon on that? Yeah, yeah. I've seen Zathura. I, th- I love that movie. It's a great film. It's amazing. It, You know what's crazy is I, I've done a lot of movies, and that movie has probably made me the most money out of any movie I've done in residuals. And that just shows you how well that movie performs year after year. It finds a new audience. And that's a testament to John Favreau's filmmaking skills. That's great. Yeah. I do want to remind you, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show with our very special guest, actor and director Douglas Tate, our regular host. We're going to take a very short break to play this very important clip from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror with our very special guest, actor-director Douglas Tate, our regular hosts. Doug, I want to ask you about one movie in particular that you did a number of years ago, Freddy vs. Jason. I know that um, we've had Ken Kersinger on the show a couple of times. He was Jason in that movie, but you were also Jason in that movie. That's 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 something I learned when we were talking beforehand. I I did not know you you had a role in that movie. What was it like working with people like Robert England and and the cast of Freddy versus Jason? I, I assume you and Ken got along pretty well because he seems to get along with everybody. Ken is an amazing guy, and I actually never stepped foot on set with him. The only person I worked with was Robert England. Um, and the reason for that is here's the story on that. By the way, it's a 20 year reunion this year, which is crazy to think. I that. imagine, I imagine there'll be some fan reunion conventions yes. hopefully this year. I was actually at Mad Monster with uh Robert England uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so what happened was, is I auditioned for the film. I'm from LA, Ken's from Canada, got a call back, and then they put me on like a pin. Um, it's basically they put a pin on you because if they book you, they have to pay you. So they're like, hey, this is a pin. Are you available? These dates We're interested in you playing Jason. And I'm like early 20s going, 
this is freaking unbelievable. I'm going to play Jason. Oh, my God, dude. I was going nuts. It's got Freddy Krueger in it. And then a month goes by. I don't hear anything. And then I have my agent call him up. Oh, sorry. They, they ended up going with someone else. And I was devastated, right? So fast forward years later, I'm doing the 10-year anniversary of the film. And I find out that Ken Kersinger is there the main Jason, obviously. And he tells me the story of how he came in to, to interview for the stunt coordinator role, not Jason. And he hit it off with Ronnie Yu and Ronnie Yu's like, you're perfect. Would you like to play Jason? And of course he said, yes. So when the film was being tested, the audiences hated the ending. They did not like the ending. And it's in the deleted scenes where, um, uh, Jason Ritter grows claws in bed with Monica Keenan. And they, they didn't understand it. Is he Freddie? Whatever. So they decided to reshoot the ending. They shot that ending in Los Angeles. They couldn't get Ken's visa in time for whatever reason. That's what he told me. So I was the second choice to play Jason. And I ended the movie as Jason. Um, which we have a different mask which is cool now, now that I'm doing the convention circuit, our mask is different. Mine's all battle damage. His is more of the, the normal style. I have Freddie's head, which I now take to conventions, which is a separate look. My clothes are more tattered than his were. So we kind of have a, a separate Jason look, which is very unique for a movie to have. Um, so that's kind of how it all went down. Wow. And we have had Ari Lehman on the show several times. We've had Kane Hodder on the show several times. Tom Morga has been on the show at least once. I know we've had Ken a couple times. Yeah. Uh, We've, we've never been able to get through Robert's people to talk to him. Of course he's, you know, just on different level. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're we're finally doing this because I know all these guys, I see them all the time. They're my friends. We're like a family. You know, it's a it's a great little unique family of us doing these conventions and, you know, fans are just the best because they keep this uh, these franchises alive without them. These franchises would be gone. Sure. And and like we mentioned earlier, we have seen you kind of hitting the con circuit kind of hard and heavy in the last year or so. I've, I've seen your name everywhere, it seems. And are fans mostly talking to you about Freddy versus Jason? Are they talking to you about Hellboy or or Annabelle or what, what movies are they uh, really asking you questions about? That's a great question. I'll tell you the three that they, they constantly ask about Freddy versus Jason, Halloween kills, which I, I uh, did stunts for as Michael Myers and the Jacqueline Sasquatch. I play the Jacqueline Sasquatch in the beef jerky commercials. Nice. So people love those. They love them. And they never know it's me unless they follow me because it's not like a movie where you can look it up and, and find out it's a commercial. So they see the pictures and they go, no way, you're that guy. And I've been doing it now for nine years and I just shot one and I'm shooting another one in a month. Um, And then Hellboy and Annabelle are like the last ones that they kind of talk about. Um, But those are the three big ones that everyone gets excited over. I love, I I love the Jack Lynx commercials. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Me too. It's a Uh, fun character. Let me ask you this, Doug, how tall are you? I'm six, five okay yeah okay yeah when i'm in sasquatch though i got like 
I got like four inch, three inch lifts. And then the head goes up like this. So I'm, I'm close to seven feet in that thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm six foot four myself. I was just, curious. okay. So yeah. Storm is our resident cryptid expert. I, I wasn't going to tell him you were the Jack Link Sasquatch guy. I'm, I'm assuming he may have known already. I, okay. Yeah, I did see that. And I, it, it slipped my mind until we brought it back up. And yeah. yes, those are, are the best ads. Uh, you know, over the years, and with doing those types of roles, have costumes like the uh, Sasquatch gotten better for you as an actor and, you know, able to emote more and, you know, be more comfortable on a full day shoot than it was, say, 10 years ago? Um, I think that uh, definitely, um, you know, the way of doing things has gotten better and advanced um, slightly over the years, um, especially with things that add weight. Like my Sasquatch costume is very light considering how big and bulky it is because the guy who made it, Ted, um, he's a genius and he made it all out of like... Uh, beanbag material sewed together um and then there's hair um the prosthetics are definitely um very thin and so you know it's not a mask so each piece is glued on and i can do a lot you exaggerate everything and then it you know it reads through the through the prosthetic um it's still painful though <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It is painful. The last commercial I shot a month ago was in Austin. It was like 128 degrees with humidity where wow. there was a couple people that passed out on set in shorts and a t-shirt. And here I am in this huge costume, prosthetics, contacts and teeth. The contacts literally cover my entire whites. And when I took them off, my eyes watered that night for six hours. Like I was crying. So I don't know what happened to my eyes, but they got dehydrated or some. So it's a very painful uh, character to play, but I swear to you when that camera's rolling, man, I forget everything. And I just, I'm in it. I'm in the zone. Um, it's the waiting around and stuff. It's you're never going to be comfortable. You're sitting around in pain pretty much the whole day. I just saw the Jack Links uh, one where you're in the bathroom, backed up to the other guy. <laughs> yes. so, we shot those that's... in Bulgaria this uh, this <laughs> like six months ago. Wow! I, I assume that uh, not only horror cons, you probably get invited to a cryptid con or two. You know, that's very interesting. You're saying that because I'm actually doing my very first one this year in November, cryptid con in Lexington, Kentucky. And the guy Lee has been asking me for years to come. And I, and then I saw him at horror hound this year and he mentioned it again. I'm like, dude, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try this out. Cause I've just kind of stuck to the horror. Cause that's been the thing. But he said, he said, you don't understand. This will can open a whole new door to you, to people that have never met you. So it's like, I thought about it and I said, wow, that would, that'd be great. Now he did ask if I could bring the Sasquatch costume. And I said, ain't happening man it's like it's a $350,000 costume and take two makeup artists every single hair on there was hand punched wow hand punched um it's by legacy effects who used to be stan winston they're the predator aliens all the marvel movies i mean you know they're top notch and that's why it looks so good and real um but yeah 
so yeah, that's going to be my first one. I'm actually really excited about it because, you know, I'm going to meet a lot of people that I would never meet probably and talk a lot about SAS. I might if you, if, I might if you have contact. <laughs> yeah, if you have contact info, Jim's an hour and a half from Lexington. Oh, yes. We, we might have, have to come cover that show. Absolutely. I have the contact. I'll send it to you after the show. Oh, fantastic. We'd love to have you guys there. That'd be great. I'd love to. We will, we will, we will be talking by then. Yeah. You know, (laughs) that that's tremendous. Is that going to be at the uh, convention center or the old rep arena? No, I have all that info. I'm not exactly sure. I'll, I'll send it to you. Probably. I mean, he said it's a huge show. Like people come from all over. Right. Scarefest. Scarefest in Lexington is the the last weekend in October. So this is just a couple weeks after. Wow. So, yeah, but it's a different crowd, I guess. So it doesn't affect, doesn't affect those, those sales, you know, Scarefest is, is kind of a combo horror paranormal show. And they do oh, have like the guys who've done like the Squatch Hunters, I think have been on there and people who've written oh, okay. about cryptids and things. So interesting. So, okay. Yeah. That's, vendor that's why we're wise. You get a lot of, a lot of overlap on those types of shows. And okay. even that we see in the haunted attraction industry, we've found that, you know, a lot of people, We'll go to these types of shows just for inspiration, that type of uh, thing, too. So anything macabre and and creepy and stuff and cryptids are, you know, getting back into horror and into the uh, haunted attraction industry and everything, too, which is neat. And uh, but everything I've seen with it, it's it's good community and stuff. You'll you'll probably enjoy it if you enjoy going and uh, doing your normal, um, you know, horror shows and that type of thing. It's probably going to be a very similar crowd. Oh, I love that crowd then. So I definitely will. And I would really want to do that scare fest. I've, I've never done that show and I hear it's a fantastic show. Well, so well, we can someday. put you in touch with those people as well. So we, we, we oh, have cool. a pretty good working relationship with those folks. So oh, great. we can certainly yeah. do something with you on that. But uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, you and you've mentioned it too, you are a huge fan of haunted houses. My gosh, which is which is one of the you know, that's that's really the reason this show exists is, you know, we've we've been an industry podcast for over 11 years now talking 98 percent haunted attractions. And, you know, with you living down in Southern California, you know, so many people who think about West Coast haunts, they think about, you know, Universal and, and Mickey's not so scary and not scary farm and and all that stuff but there is an actually pretty darn nice little community of haunted houses in southern california central california what yeah. what are some of the ones that you like to get out to if you're able to get out i i can understand you being booked for horror cons in october <laughs> and things but do you get a chance to get out and you know go see I stuff i've not been able to get out in so many years and and then also add the pandemic to that too when, when everything was shut down but um i have to say when i saw your your um podcast that's how i found it you were describing exactly what i grew up with sticking the hand into the gooey eyeballs and i was like it gave me the chills i literally am getting them right now because it brought back this flood of memories that i forgot about that retro haunt of uh, that we grew up sure. grew up going and, and experiencing and it was such a cool thing when i saw that it just these memories came back of my grandpa taking me and not wanting to go. And I'd go in and the googly balls and just the retro feel and the, you know, it was different than a lot of the ones now, obviously. Um, but um, 
there was a lot of like that's the the whole universal in those that was not what i grew up going to i grew up with those that you you describe those were the little ones that popped up everywhere there was one called devonshire downs that was at a uh, pierce college in in the san fernando valley that was huge and i used to be so terrified but so excited at the same time the chainsaw guy would come and you know a lot of the the retro haunt that you talk about it was a part of that these weren't the studio ones that people may think sure. that are now you know these were um, the jc haunts and the yes. lions club haunts and the yes and the, the knights of columbus stuff yeah that's exactly. i started working i worked in my first haunted house in 1977 at the tender age of <clears throat> but anyway <laughs> you know and i did stuff all through high school and college and and didn't work at one of those. I actually started professionally, quote unquote, at a theme park in 2002, I think. Okay. So going yeah. into my 21st year as a professional paid actor and uh, also freelance at, at whoever wants to hire me to come work queue lines and stuff. But yes, very fond memories. And that that retro haunt roundtable we had a couple of shows back did bring back so many cool. Yes. Cool you, know, thoughts. you know what it made me realize is that I didn't think about until I, I, I saw that was that a lot of them were also at like parks in like park um, gyms and stuff. And you don't see that here anymore. I don't know if they do that, but they would rent out or or the park would put it on i'm not sure and they do a haunted house through their offices and their gym and things like that that doesn't happen anymore probably because of safety and all these other things yeah. unfortunately a lot of that is due to liability insurance fire. and yeah. fire safety and things like that yeah so things have changed and they've gotten more strict especially here in la which but i hear it's happening everywhere because i'm doing one in north carolina and the owner says they got you know, they're, they're killing me with all these fire and safety and everybody's got their hand in their pocket and, and things like that. So which, which haunt in North Carolina? I'm doing this haunt called, uh, Booger Woods. It's, Oh uh, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, that's less than an hour from me. I will, uh, that's Wayne. Oh, you're talking you gotta, to. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Okay. And then I'm, and then the next night I'm going to be at, uh, the Myers house. Oh yes. Um, I, I saw that. I was going to bring that up too. The, yes. Uh, especially since you had a part in Halloween kills, it's only, only appropriate that you show up at the Myers house in Hillsborough. Yes, yes exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then uh, another one talking about haunts, I'll be in Michigan on Friday the 13th at, at uh, Awaken haunted house. Have you been to Awaken? I have not. I've been to Erebus. Erebus is the other big one there. Yeah. Yes. Nile Scream Park is a fantastic one. I've been to Phobia and Exit 13 when we were at the Midwest Haunters Convention. I want to say 2014, we did a tour of some Michigan haunts. I've heard Niles is great. Yes. I I did one in Kentucky last year that was amazing. It was probably one of my favorites of all time. Skeleton Slayer Scream Park. Have you done that one? Never, Never been able to make it there. So good. So good. So everything hand built, you know, unique structure that you never, you haven't seen slides, all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, you should go down to the South bottoms in Kansas city and go do the beast in the edge of hell. They have a six story slide at the very end of the edge of hell. That's <laughs> oh. That drops you 
It, yeah. It's kind of a whole story of creation kind of thing. And and the last time I went was many, many years ago, but uh -huh. they had, they had somebody dressed as an angel judging you. You either went to heaven or you went to hell. And, and then you had to get on the slide and slide down to hell because pretty much everybody was condemned at a haunted house. Yeah, that is cool. so fun. Oh, See, these was, are the ones I need to I need to contact and find out about where I could actually make it works for my own pleasure to go see them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done some directing. Tell us yes. about that. Yes, yeah, so oh, um, oh, I just finished the deliverables. I just finished the deliverables for my film Angel Baby, which deliverables are all the stuff you have to hand in so that this the distributor can distribute it on the streaming so i that's all the information i can give at this point but it was a it was a pretty it was the hardest thing i've ever done in my career because as an actor you just show up and do your thing and even though i've done some physical and, and difficult roles the mental and physical of this movie um was you know, when you're doing an, uh, an indie movie, you're wearing so many hats. And it was my first time. And even though I've been in the business for 30 years, being behind the camera, there's so much to take in and to know and to plan out and this and that. And then we had the worst snowstorm where we were filming, which was not planned. And we couldn't get equipment in. And, you know, you're dealing with stuff that you don't want to have to deal with because you already have enough hard time and you're behind. And then that happens. But in the end, like what's come out of it already, the contacts, the learning experience, um, I'm ready to do the next one <laughs> and put well, myself sir, through it again. <laughs> well, sir, that's basically that what it's like being a haunt owner. I'm so sure. I ask I you imagine. this to lead up yes. to my next question. If you could create your own haunt with your theatrical background and, and everything that you know, production-wise and directing, what would be your ideal haunt? My idea of a haunt, if I were to combine those two, um, would be something like uh, Delusions. Have you heard of that? Delusions Haunted House? Yeah. Delusions is a is a stunt man who created this haunt where it's like an interactive thing and you got people flying on wires where it's like a show within a haunted house. Um, so it's it's a lot of elements that would be too much to just put on for, you know, uh, what you're doing. It would have to be something that you'd sell out on each night and make the amount you need to make. But it would be like uh, like a, a theatrical show in a sense, um, combining horror with that. Um, because when I saw Delusion, I was like, this is freaking brilliant. This is unbelievable. Um, and uh, and it's different than anything I've been to. So you're getting these scares where people are coming, flying on wires um, and just stuff that's just magical and theatrical and uh uh almost like a, a magician doing a trick on some of this stuff um so yeah it would be something like that you're wow. pretty much describing a, a a vegas horror stage show <laughs> pretty much pretty much it's like the house that they take over a building and they literally build it to do something like that where you're still walking through and stopping and then the show begins in the next room um so it's different than your average haunted house but pretty mesmerizing 
ironically enough, I've seen people sliding on wires at Booger Woods of all oh. places. So, okay, yeah, well, they, there yeah. you go. I heard it's and, a pretty amazing haunt, and it's been around for like the guy said, like sixty or like some crazy amount of years. It's it's been around a long time. It's it's guided. Yeah, you can get Otis as one of your guides. You're you're in for a treat oh, because okay. that's just fantastic. So if if you get the guides, ask for Otis, and I cannot remember his partner's name to save my life right now. I hate that. Well, I said I have to. I have to. One of my prerequisites is I have to take the tour. I have to go on it. So. Excellent. Like, all right, we'll get you in. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it twisted your arm very much to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I know they they want you to. They 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 enjoy the actors that you're gonna you know check it all out and have them have them show you their performance and stuff. So, so if you're if you're working in an area in October, working on a film or something, do you get an opportunity to take time off and maybe go hit a haunted house at night or something? If you're in Atlanta, have you been in Netherworld or Pittsburgh? Yes, or I actually, that's crazy. You just said that because I was on a show and the year before last, I went to Netherworld because I was out there and a uh, buddy made masks for it. And I, he, I was like, Oh my God, I got to do that haunt. And it's, it was so packed and stuff, but he got me in on the VIP and, and stuff last minute. So I absolutely did that. And then I did like a signing that same year. Uh, I think it's 2021 at uh, the Renaissance fair put on the first haunt that year that they've ever done um, in Atlanta. And I did like a signing there and it was a cool haunt because it has so much space you know, and I think uh, the th what's the what's the company 13, um, 13 floor, I think 13 floor put it on there for him. He, they built oh, it. Wow. All. Yeah. A haunt at a Ren fair sounds vaguely medieval to me, Jonna. It was pretty cool with all the medieval stuff. And then they built it around that. And it had so much space and land to take advantage of. Um, some of the haunt actors, though. Oof. They needed a training. That's for sure. Give them my number. We'll yeah. talk later. <laughs> so do you have an absolute favorite haunt that, uh, you know, if, if you weren't working all the time, you'd, you'd plan to visit every year, whether it was a netherworld or a, or a delusions or, or whatever. Um, you know, netherworld was incredible, absolutely incredible but almost incredibly overwhelming at the same time i mean like if you looked up you'd miss half the stuff that's going i mean it has so much stuff accumulated since what the 80s that has been doing that Ooh, i know he's in his 20 something year i mean maybe 23rd 24th going yeah. into closing the of 25 animatronics that are in that place um i have to say that that skeleton's layer that i did last year was probably one of the coolest just because they hand build every structure with a theme that's not you know jason Voorhees and this and that which is fine but i like i kind of like you know to get something that i've never seen before they had a christmas horror house um uh you know they had a bunch of cool stuff that i hadn't seen that's one of my favorites i've been to i've only been traveling for these for the last couple years i did this other one columbia manor that was really cool in this small town that has one light in alabama um the, they brought me out on a fire truck 
for the first night. I was like, this is cool. Um, so I haven't really traveled around going to a lot of haunts except for the ones in LA, not scary farm is cool, but the crowds are ridiculous. You know, it's like, I don't want to wait six hours in a line, Sure, Um, but it's a really cool place, you know, do you ever get a chance to go out and see the various home haunts in and around the LA area? I know I'll be at midsummer scream this weekend. And one of the really cool things that they have is called the hall of shadows. It's a, uh-huh. a probably a couple of hundred thousand square feet where they invite like a dozen home haunters and semi-professional haunters to come and set up like three and four hundred square foot little home haunts that they have. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, some of them are professional. Some of them are not. I think this year they're actually having their first out of California home haunt coming in from Colorado, wow. which is kind of neat. And wow. that is arguably my absolute favorite place in the entire haunt industry to just stand and watch things. You know, we go to trans world every year. We go to, you know, Midwest haunters convention. We go to, you know, all the different conventions, but this is so off the charts different. Yeah. And, and like the, there's only like one source of light and then all the haunted attractions lights. I mean, I've heard that this is everybody tell, ask me if I'm going, they I've heard so much great talk about this show. I've done Monster Palooza many times, but this is different, you know. Um, I just kind of, I don't know why I haven't gone. I think uh, maybe I was waiting for an invite to be a guest, but I should just go as my, you know, myself. Um, The only issue with going to shows like this now, what I found, what happens if I'm not like a guest signing is I get a lot of people that want me to sign their stuff. And not fans, but people that uh, are selling it on eBay and stuff. And it's a little, sure. it's, it can be very annoying. I don't mind signing for people, but when you get a big group and then they're like buying stuff for you to sign because they saw you there, I don't want to be the guy that's like being a, a, a jerk to say no, but these people aren't fans. They're, they're like, they're trying to make a buck off that stuff. Mm. You know? The first year oh. we were at Midsummer, we had, you know, we had a table out there and and who walks by? Bill Mosley. He had just bought a ticket and came to the show. He recognized us. So we had a nice little conversation. So you will see some, yeah. some people who actually live in the area just buying a ticket and going. So I might I might do that. I might just go and do that just because uh, I've heard so much good things. And now you guys are mentioning it. And just to see that that room that, that somebody told me before, um, it's more of a. I, I, that show is not really like a signing show. Cause I know people that have done it and it's not really the crowd that go for that. Oh, yeah. they're, they're going for what you're talking about. They're going right. for the haunt. You'll, Hello. you'll get the people like LA haunted hayride, immortal masks, you yes. know, some big, big Hollywood style vendors. Yes. Then you have the people selling books and artwork and comics and candles and stuff like that. There's a few people. Naomi Grossman will be there. I think Jason Patrick's going to be there. A few other folks. Naomi's a friend of mine. She's awesome. <laughs> Naomi's a doll. She's been on our show a hundred million times. Oh, really? she's, and great. she's she's just a, a dear. Yeah. And um, yeah, where we are, here's our plug. We're at table 777. So if you do go to the show, please come by and say hello. We'll meet for the first time and and I'll walk you through the haunts, the Hall of Shadows, if you like. But, you know. Well, thanks for the reminder on that. Now I'm like thinking about maybe I'll stop by. <laughs> hey, please do. Yeah. 
But uh, any other questions for Douglas Tate? We got a lot to uh, a lot we've talked about, but there's still so much more going on. I want to know about this pilot that you can see on YouTube and where you got the inspiration for that. Well, it's the trailer on there. Yeah, the trailer. And I got the inspiration just from my time at Universal, you know, working there and the silly stuff that I saw and then kind of upped it a little, made it a little more ridiculous. Um, and uh, some things that actually happened to me uh, in the park or at the haunt, I kind of threw in there. I play Frankenstein in the haunt. Um, so my character is uh, Frankenstein in the haunt. He's kind of an awkward guy. Um, and you know, I threw in some classics, changed the name a little bit, but, uh, but the inspiration just came from my days working at, at Universal Studios. Do you have any really good stories about playing the Wolfman or Frankenstein or the Phantom? Like, you know, obsessive fans or, you know, good or bad experiences? Well, I, there's a lot of funny stuff that happened, um, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I've been grabbed and stuff in those characters several times. And sometimes I'm like, you know, by an Asian tourist, I'm like, is she doing this on purpose or does she just not know that she's grabbing my crotch right now? Uh, so things like that happen several times. Um, a lot of great scares in those characters. Uh, I was a great scare. Uh so I'd use trash cans with the Frank boot and kick it and it would make a loud noise. And that would always get, get a crowd of tourists. Um, I don't know. You, you know, what's very, very cool is that Harry and the Hendersons, if you were to, if you were to think about the two most famous Sasquatches, obviously you got the original that was caught with the Sasquatch pose. You got the ones like Harry and you got Jack Links in, Harry looks very similar to Jack Link's. I mean, they have a similar look with the big head and stuff. And when I, uh, I played that character for like six, seven years in a show. And then now I'm playing the Jack Link Sasquatch. So I feel like it's, uh, it was kind of like my training ground there as, uh, as Bigfoot leading up to, um, to Sass. So, um, I need to get you here in in uh, Northwest Arkansas because our minor league baseball team, the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, uh -huh. our our mascot is a Sasquatch. Oh, is it really? That's yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't done anything out in Arkansas, so it's time to get out that way. <laughs> Any other questions for our guests tonight from the hosts? Uh, I, we've covered so much neat stuff and uh, you know I, I love the idea of the inadvertent scares always some of the best that I think we've seen our things uh, as, as for haunt stories if you get out to uh, haunt attractions uh, and you know if you meet up with like the owners or operators and stuff if you can go into the actor lounge that you know where they do all the makeup and everything at, right after a show you 
bring a notebook because you'll have they'll, they'll trade war stories like you wouldn't believe actors love dropping war stories uh with just the, the weird stuff people do how they react to it and everything and uh, uh definitely some inspiration but uh it, you know it, it, it gears you up too you know you be in the industry for a long time and you get exposed to something like this and, and it gets you going but um It yeah, does. question-wise, I think we've we've hit so much, and you know, it's exciting that you're doing the the tour circuits and and getting out there. I I gotta get myself a little bit more mobile and get out to some of these uh, shows soon. So, uh, you know, it's 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 good to hear that too, and it, that's becoming a bigger thing. Uh, do you think that you're starting to see a little bit more pickup? both in the uh, movie industry, you know, film industry, and at these shows for, um, you know, what was classified before as just monster actors, monster operators? Are, are they starting to realize that it's it, you need an acting role and you have to have somebody who can emote a character than just somebody who fits the costume? I think that, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always had to argue myself with you know at times for things where i think that the people a lot of the times that have referred me like the makeup people that say you got to get a guy like this guy because he's been in the costumes he understands how to move in them he understands how to emote in them and it's not just about him being tall and i think that some of the producers don't get that they're looking at the money and like well this guy's costing us more than you know we can just get an extra for that or, or whatever it is i think it takes certain people like uh guillermo del toro who specifically goes after people like a doug jones or somebody that's done it before who understands that i want to put a guy in this character that not only will sell the role but also understands that the intricacies of being in a makeup and the physicality of it. And, you know, I can't say that the industry has caught on to that. Um, but thank God there's people that are like Guillermo that understand it and, and will cast people like me that have experience in those roles. And there are directors that, that care and, and understand that, but I, I can't say in a whole that, you know, they would catch on and, and uh, understand that, unfortunately. Has it really hit yet? I know you've been in the industry for 30 years now, but you've arguably been in some of the largest franchises in film history. You, you've been in Star Wars, the universe. You've been in Star Trek. You've been a Jason. You've been in the Halloween franchise. You know, these are huge monster billion dollar you know franchises has it really hit because how many people can say they've been in those four i can't imagine that there's that many people who've been in such you know hellboys had three movies you know how many how many annabelle how many you know jack link sasquatch how many people can say they've done all this this is a this is an amazing career you're building here yeah, I, it really doesn't hit me because I'm always looking for that next thing. But when you bring it up, it makes me go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, but I actually never think about it until like somebody at a table goes, dude, you you were Jason and you're Sasquatch and you're, you know, man. And then you go, wow, OK, you're right. That's pretty cool. But when I'm home, I'm always grinding for that next thing, man. It's like I'm writing right now a script that I want to shoot. 
I'm trying to, you know, make stuff like that happen. So there's really no time to look back, but it's nice to hear it from, you know, like people like you saying that because I don't feel like I'm at the point I want to be. And I, I guess that's just my competitive nature. You know, I was a, an athlete. Um, so I'm always looking for that next thing. And, and you know what? Sometimes I should, you know, people tell me like, dude, you just need to be chill out and like relish in some of that. And, and I haven't done that yet. <laughs> so, and, and I, and I still have to take the trash out. So, you know, and I still am scrubbing the toilet and I'm doing all the normal <laughs> things that anybody would do. So, so yeah, <laughs> we, we like that. Any yeah. final questions, folks, from the uh, from the hosts? No, it's it's been a compelling conversation. I've really enjoyed listening to Doug talk about his career and and the fact that he's that Sasquatch from Jack Links. That just makes it my day. Well, I know what snack food you're going to go out and buy next time. So, right, support the brand. <laughs> there you go. Well, Douglas Tate, it has been an absolute delight and a pleasure to have you on the Big Scary Show. Again, thank you for listening to the show. For one, we hope you will continue to do so. We have 290 yes. plus shows in the archives for you to go through as you're traveling to various places for convention appearances, which is a great segue into what we like to call the plugs. Um, we'd like to find out, you know, for people who are fans of yours, where are you going to be appearing, say, from now until, say, through Halloween season, two or three, four months or so? Where can people find you, meet you, sign an autograph, purchase an autograph, maybe a photo op and things like that? Are there several convention appearances you have on your very busy schedule? Yes, I have several. Uh, I'll be at Crypticon, Colorado, Denver, um, and that's next month august 18th i believe 18 19 one of the, one of the weekend uh next up i will be uh at h45 the big halloween show in pasadena and that's september 29th to 31st it's the 45th year since wow. halloween came out and they do one every five years and they bring every single person from the beginning till now that have been a part of Halloween movies. And I'm fortunately there and a part of that. Um, they do a whole tour where they take you around the original Myers house and locations, which is pretty, pretty cool. People from all over the world are telling me that they're going to that, which is insane. Um, and then, and then I start my, uh, my haunt thing. I'm in uh, Manit Manitowoc County, the eighth uh, and ninth at a show um windigo yes manitowoc wisconsin at the windigo fest which i hear is an amazing show following weekend friday the 13th i'm in michigan at the wake and haunt right after that i'll be at booger woods for the 21st and the myers house um and then i um and then what happens after that oh that's that's is that halloween weekend yeah halloween weekend is next right is it somewhere around there trying to I'm trying to remember all this and then uh after that I will be at uh uh for the love of horror in Manchester so if there's any UK fans I'll be at for the love of horror in Manchester and that's in November 13th I believe and then I do Crypticon after that 
that that crypticon oh, oh, is no, going I on. I forgot one. I forgot one. Crypticon is actually is uh is sometime in November. The oh, I forgot when I'm being Salem before Halloween. Salem, Massachusetts, uh, at uh, Silver Silver Comic Books or something like that. Um, we're doing a screening of um, Freddy vs. Jason and signing there at their shop. Oh, Salem nice. is, oh, is incredible. Awesome around Halloween, mm. around Halloween. Silver Moon Comics comic book. That's what it is. Um, and I and I hear, yeah, Salem's just incredible from what I hear. It is. Yeah, it, it's a very experience. cool town. Yeah. yeah, that's what he said. He said this: the town is insane. It's just insane. Well, I assume that we can find all this information on various websites or social yeah. medias. Where yes. can people get more information, check out your convention schedule, maybe find a, if you have a YouTube channel where they can see the uh, trailer for The Haunt, which is the pilot film you were talking about, or some of the other things you have done including this one you did when you were young i i, I have got to go see that where <laughs> yes. what are some websites or social medias where people can follow you and get more information a lot of that stuff is on my youtube and my instagram um actor douglas tate is my instagram youtube is douglas tate um facebook uh fan page douglas tate t-a-i-t um tiktok yes. douglas tate um, so yeah, those are the main ones that I have posted stuff on. I do have a Twitter that I don't use much, but yeah, those are, those are the main ones. And, and you run those, you don't have people running those. No, I've, I've tried to have people, but they don't have the same sensibility as you. Like, how could they? So it's just better that you do it yourself. Sometimes it's a little time consuming, but I want to post the stuff that I am interested in and about me and my career, not, uh, random trends that people are doing and things like that so it's definitely definitely me doing it so we're not going to see a sasquatch barbie <laughs> no no i don't think i'm going to go with that trend with sass no, this year we're going to see an everything barbie yeah you I know, know there's going to be a sequel great marketing great <laughs> marketing by the barbie people pink fur hmm how would that look hmm. anyway douglas yeah. tate Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with us here on the Big Scary Show. Look for Douglas Tate, T-A-I-T, <laughs> on all the social medias. Follow him. Go visit him. Go buy an autograph from him because, you know, he's just, as you can hear, a very cool guy to hang out with. Other cool people we like to hang out with, including our host, like Storm. I'm excited. When I learn new stuff, and I got real excited because Douglas uh, mentioned Windigo Con, uh, Windigo Fest. And I'm like, oh, is is it a real thing? And had my fingers crossed, and yes, it, that looks awesome. That's a folklore and Halloween festival. We we're not having another Chupacabra Con incident like we did a few <laughs> years ago, where you know I'm like, oh, that's gotta be a great cryptic. Con. No, it's 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 a tabletop gaming session. So th this looks cool. These look like some neat stuff that you're heading out to, Doug. So we hope the listeners get out and see you. I'm excited, man. I'm so pumped about this October. I I literally can't wait. Talking about also... it makes me wish it came a little sooner. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish it came sooner because it's so damn hot. We also yeah. want to thank Meat Hook Jim. 
Well, I'm just going to go out and buy stock in Jack Links right now as soon as we get done. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> we also couldn't do this without Jonna, a.k.a. the old crone. Doug, it has been a pleasure. Pleasure talking to you, too. My name is Drew Badger, and as I have mentioned, this show will drop the day that we are at Midsummer Scream. If you are in the Southern California area and attending Midsummer Scream, we are at table 777, right against the back wall. Come visit. Come record a shout-out. We promise we won't bite. Maybe. You are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. Next year, we need to get booth 666. Oh, man. That's the first one to sell out, I guarantee, every year. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to Dave. souls you might remember me from oh little movie like carrie or halloween the original one totally or rock and roll high school or stripes any of those and you are listening to the big scary show and i'm gonna listen too passion is what drives us the passion to be the best for over 10 years that passion has taken us from ebay Becoming the driving force in the haunted house industry. And we are just getting started. From flex props to nine foot giants. Great details, great looks, and great pricing is the foundation we are built on. Our heart beats Halloween and haunts. We are a creepy collection. Let us deliver our passion to your haunted attraction this season. CreepyCollection.com. Now that's creepy. The Rhythm Coffin Monster Mash with Davy Suicide and Calico with Beast Blanco on the Big Scary Show. I was walking in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld a scary sight. For my monster from slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash the monster mash it was a graveyard smash he did the mash it cut on in a flash the he did the monster mash a laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast the ghouls all came from the humble to get a jolt from my electrode And then the monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash It was the monster mash The zombies were having fun The party had 
father and his son. The scene was rocky while we're digging the sound. Eagle on chains back by his baying house. The coffin bangers were about to arrive. With their vocal group, the crypt kicked us five. Oh, they played the monster mash. The It was a It's gone on in a flash. It's now the monster mash. Everything's cool, Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them the rhythm coffin sent you. You can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. Into my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. Catch on in a flash The Monster Mash When you do my Monster Mash Wow Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meet Hook Jim here. And as we continue down our journey of torture and execution, we come across the penalties for piracy. For convicted pirates of the New World, there was only one destination to England, Execution Dock in Wapping, London. There, they would hang before the body was gibbeted to warn others from piracy. Piracy was big business after the 16th century when the treasures of the New World were shipped to Europe. Monarchs lost thousands of pounds worth of booty to pirates or buccaneers who preyed on merchant vessels. Feared and loathed by matelotes, they deferred from privateers who operated on behalf of the government and split the winnings. Compare the fortunes of the two famous pirates. The first, Sir Henry Morgan, was born in Wales and was reputedly kidnapped at Bristol as a boy and taken to Barbados to work as a servant. He found a new home in Jamaica and joined a band of buccaneers, pirates of the New World, who targeted Spanish-owned ships on their way home. The British authorities felt that this was an acceptable method of curbing Spain's domination of the region. In 1688, Morgan and a force of 500 buccaneers overran the city of Portobello in, in Panama. 
and his determination to capture one of the fortresses there, he used priests and prisoners as human shields. Two years later, he returned to take Panama City, ousting the Spanish. His ambitions were thwarted, however, when he learned that England and Spain were on the point of a peace treaty that would leave him an international criminal. He was arrested by the governor of Jamaica and sent to England for trial, where King Charles II intervened. Charles believed Morgan to be a British hero and had him pardoned, knighted, and sent back to Jamaica, this time as governor. He later lost the job but died an unconvicted man on the island he loved. By 1690, Scott William Kidd was a successful shipowner in New York. On a visit to England, he was commissioned as a privateer, a roving seafarer employed by the Crown to operate against pirates. From 1697, he seized several ships off the coast of Africa. But reports reached England that he had fraternized with the pirates he was supposed to bring to book. While the English government allowed him to harass French ships in the region, it appeared he had designs on any ship that offered rich pickings. By the time Kidd returned to the West Indies, he was a wanted man. Concerned for the fate of his newly found wealth, Kidd went to America, where he reputedly stashed his booty on Long Island. He was arrested on the gangplank at Boston. Although the governor was a former ally, Kidd was dispatched to England for trial. He was convicted on piracy charges and hanged at Execution Dock on May 23, 1701. His body was hung in chains, washed by the River Thames at high tides. Quite frankly, I have no desire to be hanged and gibbeted, so I think I'll pass on piracy. See you on the next episode. This year, thousands of women will be violently assaulted. In some cases, the attackers won't be human. Something waits in the dark. From the icy blackness comes an inhuman horror seeking warm blood, soft flesh. Something waits in the dark. If it finds you, pray that all it does is kill you. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parenting. Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Hello, this is Robert Mukes from House of a Thousand Corpses. We're coming to you live from the Big Scary Show. Oh, that's brilliant. Roofing Oh, my.
Once this picture sinks its fangs into you, you will never be the same. Don't say it. Hiss it. Plus another spine-chilling hit, The Boy Who Cried Werewolf. Rated PG. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. VonCaron.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. Hey campers, this is Ari Lehman, the first Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Jason never dies. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. 
And we couldn't do this without the three hosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.